Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio. Halfway point of the week, the Kansas City Chiefs award two different players on their team. One, the Mackley Hill Award, and then, of course, the uh, Derek Thomas Award. And yesterday they announced both recipients, and really no surprise for me at all. On Not in the least. Not in the least. Uh, Tyran Matthew is... He's the and most valuable player, and and that's right, he is. He's the team leader in the locker room and out on the field. You saw what happened when Matthew was not in the lineup. Their defensive backfield was not all that good. Now, he made some mistakes himself, of course, going to. We're human beings, and he is a player, but Matthew is without question the team leader. Interesting what happens during the offseason and whether or not he decides to come back and play. He's had his share of batterings over the years. He's not a kid anymore, but nonetheless... He is the Chiefs' most valuable player. And as far as the Mackley Hill Award, named for the late Mackley Hill, who, as a rookie, was a really fine Kansas City Chiefs player back in the mid-1960s and then was tragically killed in the offseason, that award, which is named for him, went to Nick Bolton, and that's hardly a surprise. Bolton, out of Missouri, had a great year at linebacker and only... Only a very bright future. This is this is pretty good. The Chiefs have two fine players on their team whom they honored. So, so the prizes, well, they are well-deserved. Definitely are. And again, uh, as I mentioned in my Keys to the Kingdom, the reason I got a Nick Bolton jersey this year is because he was <laughs> definitely my favorite player. And I'm not even a Mizzou fan at all. I just, I love, I missed that uh, hunger I think we had on the defensive side. And Bolton definitely brought it this season, especially with, I mean, he had more tackles than anyone else and started 12 games, which that is just unbelievable. That is also why I think, in my opinion, that some of those other linebackers are cyanide. I think Hitch is gone, uh, definitely. Um, but we'll see what happens to Tyran. I mean, uh, oh, I think I think if, if he's able to play and, and feels like he can play effectively, and the Chiefs do too, then Matthew will stay around. But uh, Anthony Hitchens, uh, that's a big salary cap log, a boost for the Chiefs if they let him go. And there may be some others who probably find themselves out in the free agent market. We were saying about, I think earlier this week, it was like $2.5 million in the cap space. So not a lot of room. Need to get a little bit more breathing room um, as we go forward. But like I said, this thing's a wheel and we're already started working towards next season. But before we start talking about that, let's talk about what happened over the weekend. Were there more viewers this year for the Super Bowl than last year? Yes. There were about 6% more. And I think you can attribute that and not necessarily to the matchup, but to the pandemic. It's had really a debilitating effect on not just this country, but the world. We've talked about it psychologically, you're way down. Well, we're beginning, I think, anyway, hopefully, to see the pandemic on the wane. And as a result, the audience uh, for the Super Bowl on Sunday was up by 6% over last year. Last year was 95 million, which is still an awful lot of people. That's a lot of dudes. And uh, this year, it's 101 million who uh, saw the Rams and the Bengals on Sunday, or at least parts of the game. And that's a pretty good rating. That'll continue to sustain whatever the NFL hopes to achieve from their flood of TV not only promotions, but games that they have on. That's pretty good. Uh, not a, Really a pretty good rating considering everything. It'll get probably better as the years go on, hopefully with no distractions. And hopefully uh, as they ease back into it, I'm sure that halftime probably helped a little bit too. Halftime, halftime was generally regarded as pretty good. Yeah, I think, I think it definitely got some more viewers, which was probably the idea. Now let's talk about the chocolate chips. Do you know the biggest bet won from the uh, Super Bowl? Was it like who... Who catches this pass 
and then this team's leading at this time, and then this team ends up winning. There's some person, I don't know who it was, who did bet something. Now, this is this person's a little bit over the over the edge. Bet $5 million on the Bengals and won, I think, $10 million, I think is what it was. But the books are ready for that. They can handle that, something like that. As far as the overall betting, the official figures won't be coming out until Friday. That's when all the books get together. This is across the country now. The four states are legal, Jersey and Vegas and so forth in New York. That you can do it there, and their figures are pretty good. But generally, the estimation is <laughs> this seven billion. Wow, six hundred million. Wow, that's the estimation. That's not the official figure yet. But folks, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's 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 probably more of like the you know the one percenters putting in a lot of money that it probably makes it look like that. But God, at the same time, I was talking to so many people. Like I said, they're they're the way that the betting system works now is you can literally bet on anything. This team's winning at this point by this much. This team ends up winning. This person catches the first punt return. This there's so many things that you can do Mike, as the game. How about the toss of the coin? Oh, I know everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> This is going to be interesting. I bet hundred million. It's heads. Yeah, I, it's, 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 but hey, it's it definitely at least from the perspective that if you are not interested in the game from a fan's perspective and your team's not there, you put those bets on. Now you're interested in what's happening. You don't care one way or the other what happens to the game. Now you're looking at your bets, and that's how they've made it interesting again. Not unlike fantasy football, it works kind of the same way. Ned, we ain't betting on nothing because I'm broke. No, you're at the game last night. How was it? Really interesting basketball game. Bears win. They get their 20th win of the season. This is the 30th time in their history when they've had 20 or more wins. And they're 11th in the conference, but it was very, very much less than easy. Bears win 79-70. to They did it with a 48-point explosion in the second half. Indiana State came to play. Indiana State's not as good as the Bears, but they shot very well. They outshot the Bears from three-point uh, uh, differential. But they did not outshoot them in the whole percentage of the game. Gage Prim, the big center for the Bears, exploded. He had 32 points, and Indiana State could not stop him. They had nobody. And, you know, when there's a player out there on the court who the opposition can't stop, go to him. Well, that's what they did. They went to Prim, 32, and then Jalen Manette, who is a one-year transfer. He's out of here after this year. He hit for 22 as well, had a big night offensively. He is from Terre Haute. That's his hometown. And he showed the hometown team that he, he can play. Pretty good shooter. But be that as it may, Bears get the win 79-70. They remain in the hunt. They're not in first place yet, but they remain in the hunt for first place and the top seed in the Missouri Valley. Good win for the Bears. A tough win, one they needed. Definitely needed it. And uh, they still got a lot more tests left for them uh, down the road. Now, uh, Major minor, Major League Baseball, they got their own problems right now. Let's not talk about that. But... Minor league baseball happens no matter what, and that's great, especially for us locally. Like I said, when you know, trying to be positive about this thing, maybe on the national front it's going to suck, but on the local front, it'll be nice. We'll have college baseball, and of course, the Springfield Cardinals will be playing. They made some announcements yesterday about a little bit of changes around things, uh, at least in the office. All of the uh, all of the minor leagues will play Triple A, Double A, Single A, and the of course there are no rookie leagues anymore. They're, they've been gone, but. In terms of minor league baseball, other than the players who are on a 40-man major league baseball roster, they are not allowed to play. They are locked out. 
but that encompasses only a very few, and the Springfield Cardinals may have none. But be that as it may, double-A baseball will be played. Cardinals will be here. They open up on April 8th. Didn't really, in the front office, in terms of their coaching staff, make any changes. Jose Lajera is coming back for a second year as as the manager of the team. The hitting coach is Tiger Peterson, and I think this fight uh, kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Peterson is the brother of Jock Peterson, who had a very big World Series and postseason. He's a good player. I believe he may be with the Atlanta Braves now. I'm not 100% positive, but uh, Tiger Peterson will be the hitting coach. He's a very good one. And Darwin Marrero will continue as the pitching coach for the Springfield Cardinals. And it is April the 8th. That's when they'll open the season. Man, and getting close. Getting so close. And that's great. I love it. I love when baseball's back. It's just like I said, sucks the major league guys can't figure it out. But uh, at least we'll have something locally that we can enjoy here right in front of us. Now, speaking of which, they say, you know, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. 17 years ago is kind of a painful reminder of what can happen when there's disagreements in pro sports. Very painful indeed. And it's the only time in North American pro sports history that a league has been canceled in its entirety. And it occurred 17 years ago today. That's when Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, said the contract dispute had been going on for uh, almost a year, but continued into the season. What they did was they kept postponing games. Well, if we get a settlement, we can put play this one, play this one, play this one. And finally, they came to February 16th, and the commissioner said, we ain't going to be able to make up all these games. This season is gone. And they scrubbed, this is the National Hockey League 17 years ago, scrubbed the 2004-2005 season. Canceled it completely. There were no games, no paychecks, no nothing. Has it had an effect? You bet. National Hockey League is still fourth in yeah. popularity. People didn't maybe had something else to do. They learned from that. Baseball, are you listening? They don't care. It's like we said before this thing even started. When we were talking about the contract ending this time last year. When we were talking about this, I said, you know, I hope these guys can just look at see what happened with hockey because they took a massive hit. And I said, now locally, there's a lot more interest here because the Blues got good. They won They won a championship, and it, it kind of got a fire. But there are places across the country with teams that never recovered because of this thing that happened 17 years ago. They're not paying attention. They don't care, and they can go down with the Titanic as far as I'm concerned. We can get in a lifeboat and go to a Springfield Cardinals game. Ned, you have a wonderful day, sir.